Hey everybody, Harry here, just popping in to wish everybody a happy holiday season. Uh, we have a special little uh, holiday episode for you here. Uh, this is our, our critique analysis of a little film called Bad Things. It is snowy, it is spooky, it is uh, hotel horror that is set in our hometown of Ithaca, New York, so we had a fun conversation uh, talking about what we thought about this movie. Before we get into this conversation, I would love to just mention once again, thank you all so much for continuing to listen to Jen and me and our rotating guests discuss horror. If you are liking what you hear, please hop onto your favorite podcast streaming service and give us likes and reviews and follow the show. It really helps with the visibility of the show overall. We're going to be switching from doing this only during the spooky season to doing it monthly very soon. So uh, hopefully that is exciting to you. It is certainly exciting to us. And uh, we will definitely catch you very soon in 2024 with another scary flick. But before then, here is our conversation on bad things. Toodles. Uh, listen, okay, I'm, we're, we're going to take a – because Jen has heard me go on this rant before, like but I'm going to do it anyway because I have I have a theory about the public art. needs to hear it. <laughs> Thank you. For, the, the public really does need to hear another uh, white man in his 30s <laughs> give his theory – about art, uh, but thank you. That's what we're here for. This is what we provide. I'm Harry Nichols. I am an English teacher that feels like it right now. That's like feels like it's all I do. I just teach English and I sleep sometimes. Uh, that is that where that's where you find the horror. That's right now. Right now, sure. I, I feel like I could make a pretty good indie horror about the the teaching and like I would watch that. Me I am too. Here for it. All right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's what you have to do now. Yeah. Add that to your list. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. I have the time for that. I can oh do my that. God. I can make a movie right now. <laughs> it doesn't oh, seem that do. hard. It doesn't seem that hard. We just watched the. It doesn't, oh. it doesn't seem that Oh, man. I oh. mean, I loved Skinamarink, but I mean, you could pr- probably make that, right? You know, I could make just go around your house I mean, I and feel take like some I could shots. Make yeah, you? exactly. Listen, I was. <laughs> I was very much on Team Aaron Arm with Skin of a Ring. So. Most people were. Yeah. <laughs> um. See season one, episode one. Yes, yeah. that's um. a callback um, for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I'm Jen Lightfoot. I am a tattoo artist, and I should be working on art that I'm not doing. So, just a tattoo artist at the moment, in the same way that Harry is also just a teacher at the moment. So, this mm-hmm. episode's introduction, we're talking about who we are, what we do, and what we feel like we should be doing, yes. but aren't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it seems about right, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Well, I mean, the holidays are coming, so... Mm, that's true. This is a holiday episode. This it is, is like a, a holiday, holiday episode. episode. It's got... I mean, the movie has snow. nothing to do with the holidays. Listen, but... it's, it's, it's a family <laughs> film. It's a yes. movie about family. <laughs> yes, chosen family. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, yes, and, uh, and it snows. 
Yeah. So it did snow go. in the movie. It's a Christmas movie. Yeah. yeah. All um, movies with snow are Christmas movies. Yes. <laughs> the Shining. Mm-hmm. Which, <laughs> which we will talk we, about. We will absolutely yeah, be really. talking about also. Um, so I'm Sam Lupowitz. Uh, I'm a musician, a songwriter. Um, I guess my day job is what I should be doing more of right now. <laughs> so you're doing the fun stuff. <laughs> I'm doing my best. <laughs> day jobs are overrated, though, I feel like. <laughs> It's that yeah. food and shelter addiction, man. I know. Yeah. Weak. Weak yeah. shit. Weak shit. <laughs> Weak shit. So here we are. Mm-hmm. We are talking about bad things. Yes, we are. What a film. Mm-hmm. What a film, y'all. Should we have... How, where do we start, Jen? Well, where okay. do you want to start? I think we need to start with Sam giving us a description. True. Okay. <laughs> Sam's like, I'm ready. I am ready. I'm God so speak. ready. And you both know, because I've been telling you, I have been working so hard not to text either or both of you <laughs> about this movie for about two and a half weeks. So, <laughs> um, so here we are. So bad things. Um, our protagonist, Ruthie, played by Gail Rankin, who's one of those people you see in stuff. And then you're like, Oh, oh right. You. That lady. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, so, Before the events of this film, she inherits a hotel from her grandmother, and she and her until recently estranged mother want to sell the hotel. Ruthie's girlfriend, Cal, wants them to keep the hotel and run it together. So, Ruthie and Cal and their friend, frenemies, uh, Maddie and Fran, go to spend a weekend in the abandoned hotel... And while they are there, we learn more about Ruthie's complicated relationship with her mother and with the hotel itself. And we also learn a whole lot about the four friends' really complicated, tangled web of interpersonal fuckery. Um, <laughs> and, and it really snowballs from there. I feel yeah. like that's the only way. And then a lot of stuff happens with chainsaws. Sure. That's it's a snowball. Great Snowballing is a great word for, for yeah. what happens, yeah. honestly. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's a very snowy movie. Mm-hmm. It is worth pointing out. We picked this because it's made in Ithaca. Yeah. It was filmed in Ithaca. in Ithaca over uh, by Trip Hammer. There's yes. Like, I was going to yeah. say, I, I wasn't sure if that hotel was one of the ones that's right it's around the from there. It's the abandoned one, I it's, think. Yeah, yeah, the one that yeah. closed a few it's years exactly ago. And then they changed the names of the stores. But that's the... Yes. The, yeah. I recognized Trip Hammer Marketplace <laughs> mm-hmm. when I, I think it, I only caught it the second time I watched it. Because the first time I was like... Wow, this is happening. Um, that was my reaction to it. So this time I was like, oh my God, that's Tripper Marketplace. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so that I, I thought it might have been that same hotel that's right around the corner from mm-hmm. there. To wow. everyone who is listening, this is an Ithaca, New York based podcast. <laughs> right. Yeah. In case you're wondering why we're We could have so gotten excited. a little more context yeah. here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, that was that was wild. Uh, that was really like a quirky thing to experience while mm-hmm. experiencing yeah. this film overall. So we picked it because it's wintry. We picked for like a holiday episode. We picked it because yeah. it's an Ith- it was made in Ithaca and like how mm-hmm. often do you really get to see that, right? Yes. And um, it's a 2023 film so it's a new right? movie. So it fits. Mm-hmm. Um, man. Uh, so here's, here's where I'm struggling to <laughs> begin talking about this movie. Like I, I, I don't want to just like dive right into rating it. Yeah. Because like 
really want to rate it. I know, <laughs> but, but like, no, we I'm, have to. We I'm have to fascinated. Pl- I've been fascinated to hear where y'all land on the at, at the yeah. assigning a number. We two. could yeah. actually, we could do the rating. Early. We could do ratings first. We could do it. Okay, and then revisit. Yeah, because after end, we talk about it, because I feel like after afterwards, I sometimes am like, hmm, I put I wrote this down as a. You know, whatever. But I'm like, actually. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we can we can re-rate it at the end. I'm ready for that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Should we just uh, go around and say a number? Yeah. No description. Not me. Me. Not first. <laughs> Shut up. All right. Uh, I gave it a seven point five. Okay. Cool. I gave this one a five, and like an earned five. There was a lot of stuff that didn't work for me, and a lot of stuff that really did. And there are some movies that I feel like I would give. Like, by nature of how much of a five it is, I'd give it a three. But I think this was a five. <laughs> nice. I want to give it, like, a four. Oh, shit. Yeah. I just, like, I felt like, it just felt messy to me. It mm. did not feel like, it did not feel like someone was really at the helm for most of it. It felt like a movie where there was maybe, like, a big idea that someone was going for. And then mm-hmm. a director just said to a bunch of actors who are not privy to that big idea, <laughs> improvise, figure it out, right? You have drama with each other, just like improvise and it'll, it'll pan out. I hated it. <laughs> I definitely, no, I definitely hear you on the messiness. And there were absolutely parts of this movie that, that made me, especially toward the end that made me very frustrated. Yeah. Um, but go, for me going in, I went into this, knowing nothing about it other than filmed in Ithaca, the like one sentence summary that was mm-hmm. on whatever, you know, which oh, was shutter like, or something. Yeah. Like a group of friends goes to a hotel and finds women do bad things there. So the only clue I had mm. to like what the movie might be about is that it emphasized that it was, I had read, I had you, read that about, did about you guys well. read things about it? By Not then? until after okay, I watched yeah, okay, it the okay. first time. Um, and, and the one other thing I knew about it going in was when I saw numerical ratings of it, they tended to be, on the uh, on the the lower side mm-hmm. of the middle of whatever that right scale right right is, right right um, so I don't really know what I was expecting but I was expecting something very different from this mm. and I found myself really interested and in, interested in it and engaged by it for much longer than I thought hmm. and then it to me it really starts to it takes some big swings. And I think it misses a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. But I was really interested in the swings that it was taking. But yeah, yeah. I mean, we can, I don't know how linear or not. Oh, it doesn't have to be movie, but yeah. linear. Trust me. <laughs> I also had a, like a stylistic problem. I, I Maybe it's just, just part of my, like, I think I have a bias against movies that um, like look cheap. You know, That's and this is oh, like, and, and, and not, and it, like movies that look cheap, but that are, that are trying to look like yeah. movies that are not cheap. So like, not Evil like, Dead. Like I'm good with Evil Dead because uh, it's leaning into its own cheapness yeah. and it's like silliness. But this is a movie that I think hmm. tried to have a, like a weight to it and a heaviness like, and a darkness. Like a bigger budget. And tried to do something like a lot more like like serious and engrossing hmm. than those kinds of movies do. But I think that it also uh, it just couldn't pull it off. I mean, it's a Shutter original. It's a made-for-TV movie. It's I, a yeah. I did feel like some of the shots were really good. Um, I felt like I the lighter, uh, lighter, the more uh, daytime scenes mm-hmm. were not shot as well as like uh-huh. the cheating scene, which I thought like the flickering light and like the darker mm. whatever was like really nice. There's one scene that I really enjoyed where she's kind of like towards the end and it's like towards her like 
mental breakdown, whatever you call it. And she like walks and to however the... you interpret it. Like, sorry, continue. Well, she walks <laughs> to the front of the elevator and it's like her silhouette. And it's like, like she has the black jacket and it's like against the pink wall. She goes in the elevator yeah, yeah. and then the way she comes around and it starts, the camera starts at the one end of the hallway and then zooms in towards her coming around the corner. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's a really interesting shot, but I wanted a little bit more of that because I was mm-hmm. like, so the director, I watched another movie that she did. Lyle? Yes. Okay, I also watched Lyle. <laughs> it's because, been a oh, real man. fucking long time okay, now. Okay, okay. So I don't, and I did not like Lyle as much as Bad Things. Okay. I liked Bad Things better, oh, but think, okay. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. one thing, I pulled up a quote. No, it's not a quote. It's just the headline of an article. Whatever. Um, <laughs> I have some writer-director quotes oh, for sweet. later. So okay, yeah, good, 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 good. Uh, Stuart Thorndike, yes. uh, it Which... says, sets her gory tale at a hotel reminiscent of The Overlook. The director says her movies are, I think this is the, the part that I wanted to get to, mirroring male stories she grew up loving, which yes. I think is like interesting. So it is like, I know somewhere she says it's sort of accidental, but also not, like, mirroring The Shining. Because Lyle uh-huh. is mirroring Rosemary's, Rosemary's Baby. Baby. Right. Yes. And there's another one she's coming out with called Daughter, which I guess is, like, the third in the trilogy. Uh-huh. I guess. Uh, yes. <laughs> we both read the I same, know, like, New trilogy, York Times yeah. article. <laughs> okay, so maybe that's because I, my first... It's not my very first note. I'm looking at my notes mm-hmm. from the first time I watched this movie. My first note is about Molly Ringwald, so which we can talk about Molly <laughs> sure. Ringwald. Uh, she's uh, hot in it. Oh my god! Right? She listen. This is it's always been hot. It's she's always it's been hot, thing. and it's, it's like thing. it's a pretty hot cast overall. Oh yeah, but like it's Molly Ringwald. Like I'm not even <laughs> those those like '80s Rat Pack movies are not even like the the touchstone for me that they are for a lot of people mm-hmm. but I was still like first I saw her name I was like oh my god Molly Ringwald what? is in this movie and then later she showed up and I was like damn Molly yeah. Ringwald <laughs> for a second like a fine wine for like, a second I thought they like only got those YouTube videos of Molly Ringwald yes! <laughs> and then I was like oh she, she like filmed, agreed to be she, in this because she, she didn't have to leave her house bedroom. like yeah. oh my god so, so anyway that's that's like my first note but it doesn't take me long before I have a note about out, like the hallway shots, I have shining vibes. Yeah, 100%. oh yeah. And of course, you can't have. I sorry. just, I just <laughs> caught that, like watching it the first time, no context. So then I finished the movie, and obviously, there's a lot of it that is calling back mm. to The Shining in yes. a lot of ways. And so then I saw that, like all of the promotional material and the writer director's whole the way she was pitching the movie was that it was like a queer feminist uh, uh, take on The Shining. And that is really interesting to me. Mm -hmm. And also, I think, one of the things that makes the movie not work for me. Yeah. Because, Mm. listen, Stanley Kubrick, like, The Shining's an amazing movie. Stanley Kubrick's an incredible director. Anytime I hear a director saying how they're it really influenced by Stanley Kubrick. It gives me pause because mm-hmm. he's one of those. <laughs> he's one of those creatives. Like I feel like, like if someone wanted to like write songs and they told you that their influences were like Anthony Kiedis right. or from the Red Hot Chili Peppers right. or like Colin Malloy from the Decembrists, you'd be like, maybe those two guys are great at what they do, but maybe no one else should do it. Mm-hmm. Like That's maybe, right. like maybe it rings a little false. Um, and what, yeah, I felt about this movie that by setting itself up to be like 
okay, we're, we're taking The Shining and we're going to put a queer and feminist spin on it. That is setting a very high bar yeah. for what yes. the movie has to say and what it's going to deliver. And um, I don't think it succeeded in delivering nah. on those things. And I, I think... I think it the the film itself, even without that like external subtext, the film at times is telegraphing that it wants to have something to say, mm-hmm. but then it feels like it backs off on that yeah. at a lot of opportunities. <laughs> yeah. Um and and that's why like I appreciated the ambition, but also there were a bunch of times when I was like, I want you to give me more than that. If you're yeah. gonna say that this movie is aspiring to be this thing i want you you're i I want you to go for it yeah like Mm. i I just feel like it didn't commit enough for me to really Mm -hmm. really love it no i was gonna say it's 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 tethered to the shining is one that in my opinion is like really just the most superficial i feel like she tries to recreate a lot of shots from The Shining, sure, and not mm-hmm. so much deliver any kind of like meaningful thematic twist on The Shining, mm-hmm. other right. than centering queer female characters. Um, and I don't know if I agree with that. So the other comparison, <laughs> can I just finish my comparison yeah, yeah, to The Shining, yeah, yeah. and then let's we can argue about it. <laughs> the The other thing that I wanted to say about The Shining is like, of course, this movie like recalls The Shining. Yeah, you, you mm-hmm. can't have a horror movie in a hotel and not think about The Shining at least <laughs> in a the, little bit. It's mm-hmm. but winter. It's yeah. exactly a hundred percent. People go crazy inside yeah. together. Yeah. <laughs> the moment, the specific moment that I feel that this movie nails really well in The Shining is like not the most popular moment in The Shining at all. It is the moment in The Shining where Stanley Kubrick is taking the most piss on the audience. It's Uh like this moment where Wendy is like wandering through the Overlook Hotel, Mm -hmm. full terror, like being pursued by Jack. You know, uh, do you know what I'm talking about? I'm pretty sure I know. She busts into the dining hall and it's just Ah. like this ridiculous fucking Disney haunted house of like skeletons skeletons. and like spider webs and shit. And she's just like, ah! (laughs) <laughs> right and she runs out the whole movie felt like that for me like that's, that's the scene from the movie that this movie was in my opinion I okay. don't know wait so going back let's argue to, <laughs> going back to the uh, rewriting with queer female characters the first time I watched it okay I should say I liked it more the second time I watched it the first time I watched it I was like holy fuck I cannot who is who <laughs> who is like fucking who why are what are their names why is that one calling out that one's name but then i was like is that the second time i watched it which to be fair was like a month like a month and a half apart um i was like is that to disorient cis straight viewers (laughs) no like maybe no because i I think that like i was like oh like the shining is a blood family Mm -hmm. this is a chosen family um so like is that to like confuse it because there's not a clear mother, father, yeah. child, whatever? Um, so I was like, interesting this point. right? The second time I enjoyed that more, yeah, the joggers, the, I think, are like the um, the Grady twins, yeah, the yeah. twins. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, and course, I was, did not, but like, but why have them in the movie other than so just to be like, see, it's like I the shining? Did not pull this out. This is not my idea, but once I heard it, I was like, that's awesome. So my partner Tegan said that she thought it was. Uh, obviously they're 
representing the Grady sisters, but having them be two model joggers, it's like they are uh, like forced to exercise for the rest of their lives. Oh, and as wow. women, uh, I do like that. Like, take. right. That's like horrible. It's like this, like their, their standard of beauty they had to maintain as being alive is now their hell. Okay. Um, which I think is interesting, but I don't know if it, it, you know, the thing is I watched it twice and I didn't get that. So is it that clear? Well, but how, my question then, my follow-up question is how does that connect to the larger, like thematic statement of the movie? So uh, Mm. may I, Mm -hmm. I would love (laughs) to jump in on that. So I, they talk about one of the first thing that things that happens at the beginning of this movie is they're talking about when they come into the hotel. Oh, there have been five deaths in this hotel over 30 years. I wasn't sure about if that wound up having any significance. There five people die in the movie, which I thought maybe was supposed to be like a little kind of parallel. You've which always been in the Overlook, <laughs> but Mr. Didn't, didn't really go anywhere yeah. for me. Yeah. Also with the ghosts, like there are way more than five of them. So I, I wasn't really, yes. but they talk about, uh, maybe it's later when they do the swimming pool scene that they talk about, oh, the model joggers, like, yeah, they went, they both went out for a run one day. And then they never came back and they found one of them like they got in a fight and never came back. And one of them it was they found like who bled out and was like trying to patch up wounds with leaves. So for me, I think it ties up ties into one of the themes in the movie, which is uh, conflict between women, mm-hmm. which comes up like because our core characters are a chosen family, if a, a very dysfunctional one. Um <laughs> But also, as as The Shining is very much about, like, this really tortured father-son relationship, this is also very much about a really fucked up mother-daughter relationship. Yes, yeah. Um, and again, I feel like that's, we're given that, and then it's not necessarily developed and doesn't maybe pay off in mm-hmm. ways that I find particularly satisfying, but... <laughs> yeah. um, but you're right, the mother-daughter... It's, it's yeah. a big part of it. Um... Yeah. That was one of the most, okay, one of my most frustrating things about it. And I still, maybe you guys will clear this up for me because I tried to Google it. Um, the mother. Okay. Yeah. I liked the twist that she had her phone at the end and that she killed her. However, is, okay, how do I put this? Uh, when Molly Ringwald is in the room and like it's kind of a hallucination, I guess, yeah. uh, for Ruthie, and she hugs her and she's like, "Oh, if you were my daughter, okay." She's watching the videos, right? And then the ghost at the end is also Molly Ringwald. Was Miss Auerbach her mom, or is that how she viewed her mom? Mm. And we don't actually see what her mom really looked like. I found it a little confusing. I can tell it was you, confusing. Yes, I can tell, tell you that summaries online say that that she is revealed to be have been her mother like that my, that so, said who wrote okay. that fucking thing i don't know <laughs> like you know <laughs> that's interesting cuz my read on it was different my read on it so once they established that Ruth Ruthie's mom has been dead the whole time like i didn't get I got really thrown by all the twists at the end the first time because I was like, wait, I thought the mom couldn't come. When did she kill the mom? She kills the mom before they come to the hotel. Right. Yeah. The mom's dead yeah. the whole time. Yeah. Right. So I got that. So 
the whole all of the texts from her mom she's mm-hmm. sending mm-hmm. herself mm-hmm. which also i like she gets a bunch of them while she's having sex with fran so she can't oh my unlo- god i didn't think of that yeah so and uh, there's a bunch scheduled of- texts my friend <laughs> there's a bunch of stuff <laughs> like that she knew she movie. was gonna be cheating in that moment right, i, I know, needed like, an uh, alibi i gotta be i i know i i have an appointment i'm cheating on my oh girlfriend my at that time need to send myself some mom texts <laughs> There's a bunch of stuff like that in this movie that, again, like, with the the unavoidable references to The Shining, there's a bunch of stuff like that in The Shining that's like, oh, mm-hmm. it's it it's not su- really supernatural. It's all in their heads. Oh, but how could this happen if it wasn't supernatural? But just because Stanley Kubrick did that doesn't mean you've earned it. Like, I, I, right. I felt like, cool, it's, it's ambiguous, but I don't know that you've earned that. Mm. I, right. I, it, it, a lot of it felt like... Because, right. uh, anyway, I'm sorry. I, I do think it's a trope that happens a, a lot, though. Because I, sure. I love the story of a woman going insane through a movie. Like, have yeah. you guys seen Polanski's Repulsion? No. It's like a similar kind of vibe, which is, I think, I'm yes, pre-Shining. <laughs> I don't know the dates of things. Mm. Um, but it's like this woman kind of like, if I remember correctly, going like, mad in her house mm-hmm. and like there's this scene with like these arms coming out of the wall like it's really mm-hmm. interesting right um so i feel like it's like a trope that's been done totally. I, I love the shining i love the shining oh yeah but i'll say something a little controversial now go for it <laughs> oh as you take as she it, grabs she merely grabs her wine <laughs> i um i don't i i think stanley kubrick is overrated No one, no one as unimpeachably beloved by film bros as Stanley Kubrick <laughs> is above criticism. That's no, not small. Listen, I don't I think Stanley Kubrick it. is the end all be all of filmmakers at all. I I think that as an auteur, he, I think he's made some good movies, but I don't think that he he's oft imitated and almost never imitated well. That's see true. Bad that is things. true. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, has, he does have some great movies. I agree with that. Yeah. You're right. People try to imitate him. It doesn't. It's sort of like, a, oh, that's cute. Um, yeah, which is just, not how I would describe The Shining. And the <laughs> reason I say he's overrated, I just think he doesn't have a specific style. Like, I don't watch a Kubrick movie and go, ah, oh, that's Kubrick. And that's just me. Oh, really? As an I, art- I, I know. And as an artist, statement. I don't know if I've, yeah. To have be you fair, seen though. the other Kubrick? Have you seen, like, Clockwork Orange? Yes, have you seen... I've seen Clockwork Orange. I love Clockwork Orange. I've seen uh, Full Metal Jacket. Um, what I've, about his whole like um, Doc, Dr. Strange? I've seen Dr. Strange. Sure. Oh, yeah. The darkest. There's only. I've yeah. ever seen. I just haven't seen in full 2001. Because I felt well, 2001's <laughs> a, a, a slog. I love that movie. I understand when people tell me they don't like that movie. Yeah, but that's work. It's that movie. Uh, the, the last like 30 minutes of that movie is really like a. But yeah, it's, it's slow. It's, I love Skinnamarink. I oh, feel yeah. like I should give this another shot. Sure, it, it is slow. It's slow and it's long, and it, but it's a, like slow burn. Which I so I also watching this movie twice made me want to watch <laughs> The Shining again. And we, I, Mandy and I, did watch The Shining. Mm, what last did you night. think of like? Because it's been a while since I've seen The yeah. Shining. But like, what comparisons or, were there? Things that stuck out to you more? Yeah, I mean, definitely. Um, I mean, I, I really like The Shining. So. <laughs> Here, here's one of the things. The Shining is a really scary movie, like, and and not in a way that a lot of horror movies are scary. Just mm-hmm. the 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 dread and the 
just how unsettling it is and the music. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much about it is just so deeply unsettling. Mm-hmm. I did not find this to be a uh, uh, bad things to be a particularly scary movie at all. Oh, that I, that no. is one of the things that I there was a nice like vibe of like weird shit is happening. But yeah. I watched mm-hmm. this movie by myself both times, and it, never once was I even like a, a little. And yeah. I'm I'm not. <laughs> I've watched a lot of horror movies, but I am kind of like I, I'm an easy scare. No, I yeah. agree with you. Yeah. That, yeah, I was briefly tickled by. Um, I guess I guess it's our lead who's in the CPAP mask with yeah. the chainsaw. Was there significance to the CPAP? It felt I truly like, have no idea. It felt like they just I, said that would be a creepy. That's thing a creepy to thing have. to wear on your face, I, and that's the full extent of my comment here, which is just like, hey, it's pretty creepy to wear a CPAP and wield a mm-hmm. chainsaw. Yeah, right. That, but also, yeah. the unscariest chainsaw chase I've ever seen. It was all I, of it. I found it quite funny, actually, with yeah. the classical no. music. Yeah. It, and Just also, like, like, it felt like one of those things. It's one of the instances in the movie where I was like, it feels like there are a couple spots in the movie where it felt like it was sort of satirizing horror movie tropes. Especially yeah. through, and through that, like, queer and feminist lens, I was very mm-hmm. interested in that. And I'm also, I really do want to dig into, like, that aspect of this yes, movie. Because yeah. I think it's the key, again, to why it, like, some of it is really cool for me and some of Same. it absolutely does not work for me. But I also understand and realized from, like, looking for reviews of this online after, there are a lot of, there's so many reviews that are just, like, two dudes talking about this movie. Yeah, totally. And so, like, I want to be mindful of that as we talk about why we don't think this movie works that's, like, maybe... I'm not. Maybe the you're not the demographic who, for this people who movie. don't get it, and no, I totally but get that's that. Interesting, yeah. Uh, I've, I've, and I've also tried to tried to realize that, like that, yeah, like uh, maybe I'm just like not who gets this movie. So yeah, I think I want to be mindful of that. That maybe I just like it's not, uh, it's not for me. But also, I don't feel. I do think that if your thesis for your film is that. It is exploring using an established narrative framework, or or right. suggesting this it was pre existing narrative framework to explore these issues of queerness and womanhood and femininity. Right. Then that doesn't necessarily make the end result immune to right criticism. Oh, of course not. Anyway, so well, because no, like also yeah. at the end of the day, you know, like yes, I may not be the intended audience, but I also have read a story or two and have watched a Mm -hmm. film or two and I'm very open to a whole breadth of thematic statements that could be made. I just don't think that there really is one. No, I think you can still criticize it. Like, because as a queer woman, I did enjoy it, but it gets a 7.5 from me, which is good. Right. But... I think it does have a lot of flaws still, right. too. Like, I liked the chainsaw part at the end, thinking, like, oh, my God, they're actually going to do it. Yes, I'm here for that. Yeah. But there are a couple moments where it's a little hokey. Yeah. You know, like, the way it's shot is not the best moment of the way things are shot. Uh, the, the chainsaw attack, yeah, you mean? Like, but there's, like, I mm. like it. I love the the thing I liked the most was when she goes back in the hotel and the design of the blood splatter on her face. Uh-huh. Yeah, same. <laughs> right. that was... Which I wish hadn't been the thumbnail of the movie when I streamed mm. it. Totally. It really, kind yeah. of, it really like, misrepresents pulled, the movie. Pulled the rug. I was expecting yes. a much more violent, same. much more like intense 
movie jump scary and shittier movie. Yeah. Mm. Like, well, and it I, feels like that synopsis. I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, it no, feels no. like that synopsis, too, was written by somebody who didn't watch the movie or who watched it while they were mm. completely baked and, like, didn't <laughs> yes. really pay attention. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, it's not so what happens in this movie. I'm like, come on, guys. Oh, yeah. My God. Sometimes they're amazing. On Amazon in particular. Oh, Amazons are great. The, sometimes I'll scroll the horror section of Amazon just to read the synopses <laughs> of the movie. Um, oh, but so what I was going to say, the, I, I wrote down the first time I was watching the Chainsaw Chase, how like goofy it felt with the classical music to me. Mm-hmm. It was, it, and then like the way she catches them and kills them in the parking lot where they like trip on a snowdrift and can't get up. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, are you, it really felt to me, there are a couple of spots in this movie where it feels like it's intentionally playing with or satirizing these tropes of mm. women in horror movies. Right. Um, which is interesting. Again, I didn't always work for me the way they did it, but I don't know if you two felt that way. Why, like the way they like fall down and they like are just kind of lying think, there yeah, and I, screaming. And then there's, then she chops them up and then yeah. there's that, just that lady in the background. I know. Yeah. With through. a baby carriage. Yes. Multiple pedestrians, yeah. which, are, which are noted in the summary as like yeah. not paying mind. And I said, yeah. okay, well maybe, maybe this, you know, maybe there's something here, right? Like, like I um, earlier when we were talking about how this is a movie maybe about like vi- like violence um, like in violence among women, mm-hmm. I thought maybe this is also a movie about the sort of like insular world of like queer women who have been marginalized by society and like pushed together and are otherwise ignored and shunned by society, mm. right? And like the sort of violence that can develop among people in that situation. And that's I thought that that was kind of like a neat Sure, if that's if that's what we're going for here by having these random pedestrians happening while there's yeah. a literal chainsaw murder happening yeah. right in front of fucking Ithaca Bakery. Right. Like, yeah, I know. It's so it's, funny it's, that it's like, I it almost felt like an accident, though. Like, it, it looked like, oh, shit, this is so low budget that they... Because to me, that kind of thing happens yes. more in a city. And I am a city person more yes. than what Ithaca is. Whatever but, this is. Yeah, whatever this is. Wherever this is. Wherever <laughs> that this we is. live in. But I was like... I'm people, sorry. Wait, wait, wait. Chainsaw murders are something that happens <laughs> <laughs> a lot in the city? Yes. Especially is, in Texas, I'm yeah. <laughs> Every Thursday... <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but like people will pay less attention to you yelling or screaming yeah, for sure, help sure, sure, in a sure, city. Like, sure. whereas, like, and that's just uh, yeah. you know how I feel. Other people might disagree, but like here, yeah. it just felt like they didn't ask people right. to stop going in the stores. Well, and to and to and to try to tie together, I guess, a little bit of what I'm saying about this regarding the like silliness of the like. Um, you, you said that you feel like they're kind of like parodying or like playing on horror tropes with a lot of the like cheesy stuff Mm. that goes on for me, for me that combines with a lot of the like low budget vibes trying to be weightier and just turns, tells me that this is shit. You know what I mean? Like I just, I hear that. I don't, that's not a good combination for me. Like I just, and yeah, I hear that. And I, I definitely read the pedestrian as deliberate, because mm-hmm. I'm like this. This person knows how, how to make else a movie. could yeah. It, yeah. And it did feel it again. That's another thing that to me had some shining vibes of this. This like sort of disjointed. Like how much is really happening? How much is psychological? But again, I I don't know that the film does the work to 
earn any impact from that. Yeah. Because I was yeah. my you. I watched my notes from the first watch go from the, the tone of like, ooh, so what's happening to what the fuck is happening? Yeah, like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That was the arc for me a little bit. Yeah, maybe like. Is it cool if I like zoom out? Please, a little yeah. Bit? Go ahead. Because yeah, I definitely, I feel like I'm alluding to sort of my take and, and like what I like and and also what has bothered me about this movie. Mm-hmm. And I want to. So, again, this movie it really telegraphs the like the director saying that it's you know. Uh, here, I'm going to pull up one of my quotes yes. that I have. Thorndike explained that she's compelled to take what she described as male stories and, quote, force them into my female queer perspective. You take something you love and you take the boys out of it and let us do that stuff a little. Uh, she added, let us explore what it's like not to be the perfect family member. So, okay, so that's a, a start. But so what I hear in that quote is it's not about making any kind of statement. It's just let's see what a version of this with with women instead of men is. Right, right. Fine. I think that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like I love. I think sometimes representation for representation's sake is important and cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes even like refreshing after you see you know sure. a genre that's dominated by certain types of people in certain types of roles. Uh, so, like, I, I think that's really cool. And there were some some of the movies that y'all did on the podcast, like, talk to me. <laughs> there, were, there was a, a non-binary character. Mm-hmm. There are indigenous characters. And that's not, it's not about that. They're right, just there. Right, right. And I yeah. think that's really cool. However, so much of this movie, never mind, like, all of the, the external, like, context and whatever, one of the first lines of the movie is they're talking about the people who have died in this hotel as they're coming in. And Cal has that line, not people women and right away you're like okay so we want to talk about right some of some hefty things mm-hmm. about right right women right here. right yeah i remember yeah. that and i felt like there were a lot of instances of this where i was like oh they're gonna get their hands they're gonna like get into some issues mm. here through this movie and then they wouldn't and i just i wanted it to commit I wanted it to either be just a fun movie that, like, hey, it's the whole cast is, you know, women and a non-binary person, and there's a trans woman, and I think that's really cool. But that's not what the movie's about. But it kept telling us that it wanted it to be about that and then not exploring, for me... Like, you wanted to go deeper I wanted it to go deeper, or I wanted it to be just fun. Because I agree with you. Because, like, I'm like, oh, I like the idea that it could, like... I don't know, the chosen family thing, but that's also me reading into it. Sure. Right. The movie is not saying that or really doing anything with it because we also don't get the indication that these people love each other or oh have known God. each other for that long. Oh my but God. you mm. did mention Cal, and I do love that we have a trans woman. I know. And it's never mentioned. Yeah. She, she is just the sure. girlfriend. She is just a woman. Yep. And I love that. Yes. Um, that's great. And there, we don't have the evil les well, we kinda have an evil lesbian there, trope. <laughs> but we don't have the evil bisexual trope or the evil trans trope. So it's definitely that's true. Good. I mean Cal is <laughs> it, nothing if not a, like just like a v- victim of this yes, whole situation. Yeah, Cal is a victim. What? I think I think oh, Cal no. kind of sucks. <laughs> oh shit. No. You if I watched the but second But she has time, a whole shirt on. The second I mean that's awesome. <laughs> Cal, listen, Cal's, Cal's awesome. She just wanted to no. run a hotel, Sam. She just wanted to run a hotel that <sighs> her girlfriend has told her multiple times. Okay, she I've been traumatized <laughs> by my mom who, like, oh, yeah, 
yes, let me tell you, everyone, how she was traumatized by her mom. Fair she's, enough. She's really passive aggressive. I didn't mm. pick up on it the first time. No, she is, yeah. Most yeah, of the right. first watch, I was like, what's wrong with Ruthie? And all the other <laughs> characters are like, what's wrong with Ruthie? And <laughs> But no, at like every time Cal has a line, it is so loaded with subtext. And it's usually just like being mean. Yeah. And she's really mean to Ruthie. She's mean to everybody. Um, I'm trying to remember what's... I've, let me I glance at my notes again. Part of me wonders if she's mean to Ruthie because of Ruthie cheating on her sure. and her not forgiving her. But also there's a real there's a real moment. Like One of the things that got me was when she... And I don't remember when it's happening. I think it's after Ruthie almost goes into the... It's The room number is not 237. I know. It's, it's like... Room. It's 324. Is it that one? Is yeah. it that yeah. one? I wrote yeah. it down. It doesn't... I tried to look if there was any There's a couple room numbers. I know. Room. I kept looking. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Ruthie's about to go in there, and then Cal pops up. But Cal has that line. And you've already... They've already established that Ruthie has cheated on her. And also, at by that point in the movie, we've watched Ruthie cheat on her again. And she says, you know, I could never forgive anything if, if anything happened again, right? And there, a lot of her lines are like that, where it's like, in case you didn't remember, here you're on very thin ice. And, like, here, there's... Mm, she she says a lot of things that are extremely it's passive. So funny, no, I don't think that's mean though. I actually think that's warranted. That's fair. Like yeah. if somebody were to cheat on me, like I yeah. don't know. I'm like I'm a very hard. But, and I think but it's because. Also, but I'm also sorry. you brought. You, but <laughs> Look also, at us. We're all like. You brought your you brought your so ex <laughs> and the person your ex is sleeping with. Thank you. Who but you've Ruthie also cheated on didn't with. Bring Ruthie. that person. Doesn't this, the other no friend. Cal brought Cal brought them. I thought that the oh you're. Right. Cal brought See, Maddie okay. who brought so Fred. That was can so I please just say crazy. though? Yes. Can I please just say <laughs> that doesn't this all highlight just the fucking absurdity of this whole premise? It's a, there's right? a lot these of these people, a lot of who, romantic drama, who all at have the core of this. so much shit with each other. Yes, have but decided isn't that like women to spend. <laughs> No, I'm serious. You, you women, can say that, Jen. Listen, I'm you say it, Jen. Yeah, yeah, you go ahead and say The that. way women fight are, like, it's, like, passive-aggressive. You don't say how you're feeling. You keep it inside. You make snide little remarks. And let's all and agree all to go to isolated friends. hotels yes. together. Uh-huh. I've been on and vacations with people. And shit-faced, yep. like, 13-year-olds. Yes. And, okay. No, I've <laughs> so. definitely been on vacations like that, and then, like, you know, it doesn't end well, <laughs> but women do not talk to each other. They're like, oh, I love you. And in their head, they're like, you fucking bitch. And so. That's very much the vibe of the. And, and mm-hmm. I did. There was another interview, and I think I might have written down the quote, but I'm just going to paraphrase um, where Stuart Thorndike was being interviewed about this movie. And I think the interviewer is saying, or, or maybe, maybe Stuart Thorndike just said, like, I've had some people say to me, like, if you're why would you bring your ex along on vacation? And she's like, I, that, uh, that totally reads for me. Like I, that's my friend groups are like that. And I, I, I didn't want to bring that into the discussion <laughs> because I think, I think it's sort of like, it's a queer woman stereotype a little bit that like mm-hmm. everyone's like friends with their right, exes. Right, 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 right. But yeah, so it was interesting for me to hear the director say that. And I, I, ex- so I accepted that as like the premise, like, sure, they brought their, you know, the, Maddie used to date Cal and Fran. It's unclear. I don't think the movie makes clear if Cal knows that Ruthie has 
cheated on her with Fran, but it is clear that she's definitely cheated on her with Fran before. Yes. And whether that's the only time she's cheated on her, unclear. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this was, it was sort of amusing to me as I'm watching it. I was like, this is one of those movie plots where, where the conflict would really be diffused in, uh, where the co- whole conflict is diffused by polyamory. And instead it's just <laughs> right. everybody, like, nope, nope, everyone, we're, we're really, you're, everyone's on thin ice. Yes. And we're going to isolate ourselves okay. in this right. really, really explosive situation yeah. with all these people who have everybody's fucked everybody else right. and no one's allowed to fuck anybody else right. and something's going to go wrong I, just like... I need to ask a stupid question there are no stupid questions this Mm-mm. one is a stupid okay. only stupid answers <laughs> <laughs> well okay uh, then that's on you guys um, so I thought Maddie brought Cal because when they when uh, not Cal. Jesus Christ. Uh, I thought Maddie brought Fran. Maddie did. Because, that is my understanding. Yes. Okay. Yes. So then Cal wouldn't have wanted Fran to be there. Right? I, and I... Because I got the vibe that like... Cal says a lot of things about how Ruthie hates Fran, which uh, it's hard to read if that's sincere or if that's Cal speak for... I hate Fran. I know I hate Fran because I know Ruthie Yeah, that's Fran. true. A lot yeah. of that happens so quickly. In it the does. So quickly. Where you're like, it's what's so happening? quick and subtextual <laughs> a, and like, yeah. It's a quick movie. It's like yeah. 80 minutes, which I'm okay with. I think most horror movies are better, like most comedies. Right. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're better when they're a little mm-hmm. quicker. Um, I think once you get past that two hour mark, I, you really got to earn it for me. And The Shining <laughs> is a long movie. Right. Um, yeah. But there was a lot happened very quickly, and you don't get the the sense of isolation in the hotel. It, you don't really get that much of a sense of isolation. No. It takes place no. over like thirty six hours. Um, they do give you some dates, like it's like mm-hmm. two days. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, there's like a shopping center right over there, right yes. over there, yeah. right over there, where so, you can walk with a chainsaw, with a chainsaw over yeah. your head and, and murder yeah. people over there, and then walk back. And like, also, the town would be perfect if only there was a train. Also, there's a train that leaves twice a day. That was one of the lines, like, and yeah. they were within like two minutes of each other. Can we talk about a second? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. So, so they get rid of Fran. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Fran. Poor Fran. How did they do that? I wondered that too. How did they just ditch her at a train station? Did they put her, did they drug her? Like, because that's really irresponsible. Did you like Uh, pump her full of drugs and dump her on a bench and just like peace out and go back to your hotel? Like, woohoo! I mean, she was already. I thought that too. She had some drugs, right? Like prescription stuff because of her weird cancer scare that may or may not be a cancer scare and then they just sort of leave that alone but yeah. the idea you get she is was awake when she, they like walked her outside yeah. yeah but I mean you definitely get the idea they tell you a lot about Fran being maybe a hypochondria right. and then they don't explore it very much listen Sam she heard back from the doctor right she definitely no, has <laughs> breast cancer <laughs> you're my favorite customer <laughs> oh hi doggy um, this this is a, a better film than The Room, though I might I say... I got roomy vibes, though. I got roomy vibes. I'm not, not I would say not as committed to its premise as The Room is, which uh, is... Oh that's, my what God. <laughs> that's what I wanted to say That's what I wanted to say So, like, I was tempted when I was, when I was thinking of how I was going to 
eviscerate this movie for this podcast. I was tempted to call it a mountain of shit. Is this their okay? Wait, but I I don't is think this it's the a lowest of shit. rating. It's my lowest rating, yeah, for any movie that we've done. So yep. interesting. Uh, I was tempted I, I to call it a mountain argue. of shit, but I am not calling it a mountain of shit because a mountain <laughs> of shit implies that there was some vision of grandiosity, right? Mm. Like I feel like, and actually, you like you, the analysis here has been has helped me to <laughs> work back towards it being a yeah. mountain of shit. But like, I had been inclined to think of it more of just like kind of like a like a like a like a pile of shit. That I step in <laughs> and like that I, I don't know. I just I, so interesting. I do. I do think. I think there was vision and yes. it was deliberate. And mm-hmm. I just think it didn't. It went sometimes too far and sometimes not far enough and did not. I. I what I wanted from this movie was for it to commit more to what it wanted yeah. to be. Yeah. Um, that's that's my biggest struggle with it. I think. Mm. Um, I mean, but I, I definitely. Like the room was a mountain of shit. He like, like you're, tried you're really hard. You're giving this a lower. Actually, there are several movies that you gave um, that you gave Cocaine Bear a higher rating than. I did. And I, Cocaine Bear is a perfect example of the kind of movie that I think is a three because of how much of a five it is. Mm. That's like fair. It yeah. is so, I understand that. So committed to its mediocrity and like saying just enough to not say anything. Fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like, stand for something I don't know at least this one had a clear idea of like uh, how to start how to end I I what Cocaine Bear had five beginnings I just can't with that movie Mm -hmm. I can't with that movie I disagree that this movie had a a clear vision for its beginning and ending I I think that this movie I don't think it did always a great job yeah (laughs) what's the what's the difference between a movie that commits to being nothing than a movie who says it's gonna like knock it out of the park and then ultimately, you know, strikes but out. I think like what? sincerity. So for real, for real, I would rather you uh, listen. Okay, I'm, we're, we're gonna take a because Jen has heard me go on this rant before, like but I'm it. gonna do it anyway because I have I have a theory about the public art. needs to hear it. <laughs> Thank you. For, the, the public really does need to hear another uh, white man in his thirties <laughs> give his theory about art. Uh, but thank you. That's what we're here for. This is what we provide. Yes. Um, I have a, so I, a white man in my 30s, have a theory about art, and um, it stems from the movie Snakes on a Plane. Sure. Do you, you remember Snakes on I've a Plane? I've seen Anyone, Snakes on a Plane, yep. Yeah, I have also seen Snakes on a Plane. Mm-hmm. Anyone who may not remember, Snakes on a Plane was a movie starring Samuel L. Jackson from the mid-2000s about some born, snakes born that get Born from loose. a meme, right? Born from a... So Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm no, I mean sort of, <laughs> but here's the thing: it was already a movie. Snakes on a Plane was the working title. Samuel L. Jackson was attached. They were making the movie. The internet. It's we're talking early to mid 2000s, so this is still sort of a new. Is long before they reanimated Sonic the Hedgehog through an entire movie because the internet made fun of it. Right, 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 right. right, right. Um, People got wind that Sam Jackson was in a movie called Snakes on a Plane. And whereas the creative team was already trying to think of a movie, they were going to call it like Flight 396 or something that was like a little less campy, a little less. But the internet got wind of this and was like, this is so ridiculous. And just it became a meme. Mm -hmm. And this got back to the people making the movie. And they were like, oh, well... Maybe we should lean into that then. The line, the famous line from that movie, right. like I, I'm tired of the motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking <laughs> plane, tra- right. uh, on this motherfucking plane. 
That wasn't in, that was something that someone said on the internet. Ha ha, it's, wouldn't it be funny if Samuel L. Jackson said this in this movie about snakes in a plane? Right. And then they took it and put it in the movie because people were expecting that. So what you get is a movie that is too aware of its own campiness to mm. really commit to just being like, they don't, t- it doesn't take itself seriously. Mm-hmm. But then it tries to, like, laugh off how it doesn't take itself seriously. It's not a funny movie. Right. It's, like, really medium. So what it, what results the, like, refined mediocrity of that film is so much more offensive to me mm-hmm. than a truly terrible movie like The Room or Manos the Hands of Fate mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. I uh, – that's the movie that taught me that failing big – is much more admirable than going down the middle of the road and playing it safe. Mm, okay. And so that's how I feel about a lot of creative things. And I feel like this movie is a mess, but she's really trying to do something. The Shining. Yeah. <laughs> the Shining yeah. with a, through a queer feminist lens. I don't. Th- mm-hmm. I, I think it still has some issues with how hard or not it yeah. commits to that. Right. But she's trying. Please, yeah, no, say I, everything. You, you, Jen, you said another thing that was interesting to me that I, I, I'm, I'm want to get into a little. And you mm-hmm. said, like, how you love that there is a, a trans character and a non-binary character, mm-hmm. and how it's never mentioned yes. in the movie. And I, I also enjoyed that. But that was another thing that I felt like the movie was teasing, wanting to engage with in its sort of discussion of of. Womanhood in the film, and then would wouldn't go any further on. So I don't know if maybe that's you didn't read any of that at all into no. it, and you thought it was really just trying to like, uh, yeah. I yeah. think that's what it's saying though. Yeah, is that like they're just what? Yeah, we like ribbon, you know you're like watching it and you're like, yeah. is that you know like yeah. people, she? I think she wanted people to be like, is that is that a trans woman? Yeah, right. Is that like but. It's like, who cares? This person is a woman. Exactly. This person is a woman in the movie. Yeah. And that's just how, like, I think she was just like, no, like, this is how I see it. So this is how I'm mm. going to make the viewer have to see yeah. it. Yeah. There were a couple of things where I was waiting for them to engage with that. Mm. And, like, there was a line where Fran says to Cal, you must not understand the devotion of a mother or of a daughter to her mother. And I was like, is Fran pulling some transphobic shit here? Like, are we going to get into it? And then it's never, that's never touched again. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I think probably it's better not, but I kept like, I, you know, I was looking for more significance from the movie <laughs> than I than I found. Right, so right. I was like, I was like, what is it? Is is it saying anything that the one that the that the cis woman kills the trans and the non-binary character at the end That's of the movie? Interesting. I, I, 
but again, I, I don't know that the movie does anything to support any no, kind of read there. But I also, like, I want it to give me more than it gives me, too. Well, that's true. Because and not necessarily just about those two characters. Mm-hmm. I Again, like, I I'm, I think that's great. No, that... but that's an interesting point. Because if the cis woman is going to be the one killing the trans right. woman and the nine non-binary person, like, that... Uh, then it really does feed into the, like, evil lesbian trope. <laughs> you know, like, there's, but, like... And, and so, like, what I'm hearing from the that director quote that I read is, like, maybe she's not trying to say anything with that. Yeah. Maybe she's just, like, this is we're just putting these kinds of people into this kind of movie. And maybe that's all it is. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's, like, what I should look for. But if that's all it is, then it doesn't do a ton for me like, as far as, like, having... Like, a reason to come back to it. Yeah, like, I like that as an experiment, you know, just having people be in it as who they are. But I do now, hearing that, I'm like, if you are going to have the cis white woman (laughs) kill the trans woman and the non-binary woman, who I don't know if she was a a person of color or... Uh, Yes, uh, I think so. uh, I'm not sure what, but but if you're going to have the white person (laughs) kill these people, like, that feels like you should be saying something. You should be saying something. Well, and again, The Shining, a movie that has a lot to say about, like, white, patriarchal, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. how it destroys other... Like, there's a lot of race stuff in The Shining. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's, you know, it's not, like... Like, it both is and is not telegraphed, right? Like, it's right. it's really there, mm-hmm. but it's not, you know, it's it's subtle um, in certain ways, I guess. <laughs> um, but, but again, then if this is, this is not that. The, right. You know, we don't, right. there's yeah. nothing to support that right. here. <laughs> oh, did we finish? <laughs> I'm like the most scattered talking about this kind of thing. <laughs> Um, did we ever talk about, uh, my, my read on, uh, on Molly Ringwald is that Molly Ringwald is her mom. Yeah. When she's watching the videos, it's a hallucination projection of that the person in this, in these real estate oh. videos, she's projecting her mom onto it because she's obsessed with her Mom. Oh my! I've... And the whole sequence with the real estate lady being there is all a yeah. hallucination. Like the I... the person who looks like Molly Ringwald, you know, whatever Ms. Auerbach is that yeah. that person doesn't exist, or there's a Ms. Auerbach in those videos, but she doesn't actually look. It's an entirely different person, and Ruthie is the one who's seeing that it's her mom. That's the only way it makes sense yeah. to me. So but my, I'm open for my take on it, and you gotta understand, I may have an incomplete understanding because I like was rage watching this <laughs> rage watching through through multiple like off periods at school but i wait were, were you, you watching it with, I watched between this, classes yeah between classes that's incredible yeah it's, sometimes it. it's the I, only way to do these things when you have to get I, uh, <laughs> I i watched not for not this episode but i did watch evil dead rise in my office nice yeah exactly yeah <laughs> also a movie about women with chainsaws that maybe sure. like has as much to say yeah, but the With chainsaws that. were more satisfying in that one. <laughs> the gore. Anyway, um, I thought that Molly Ringwald as Miss Auerbach, what like is her mom? Her mom is a successful 
like real estate personality with videos mm. online that she's like watching. And I also thought that when she actually encountered her in the meeting room, that it, that, that was a hallucination. And actually I like, I don't know if I, what was, what's wrong with me, but like, <laughs> I was like, Oh, that's her mom. Like the beginning, the uh-huh. first that's video that did. she was yeah. watching. No, I was like, I did Oh, the that's same her mom. Yeah. Okay. So now we're watching her mom. Yeah. And it was later, I, I realized it was later supposed to be like a reveal that that was her mom. Yeah, it and definitely I, was meant to be a reveal. I and think. I was like, Harry, nope. I thought the same thing. Okay. So you're not crazy. <laughs> I thought the same thing. I was like, is that her mom? Yeah. I don't know what made me fucking think that. But like, just because she's obsessed with her mom, yeah, she's just handled obsessed. kind of clunkily. Yeah, it's I just handled, think it's handled poorly. Kind of yeah. yeah, the mom part was a little like. Uh, Who else is she going to be yeah. watching videos about at night while she's supposed to be falling asleep? Well, but there is, I will say, Cal has been pressuring her to watch videos about running a hotel. Right. Cal, Cal, there's a scene where she's watching the video and Cal comes up and says, you're watching it! Because <laughs> Cal will not let up about her wanting to run right. the two of them to run this hotel yeah. together, even right. though Ruthie clearly does not want to. Right. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. Um, poor Fran. She's a mess. Ugh. But also, she sees the ghosts, too? Yeah! It was really... Again, like, like why? the only way the vagaries of like, okay, so it's Fran's hallucinating, but also Ruthie sees the ghost. But why Fran and Ruthie? What's the significance of those two? Yeah. Um, and again, other than, well, The Shining, I, I couldn't find anything in this movie that right. made that. No, that made I that agree. I felt like Fran was kind of meant to represent um, Shelley Duvall in a way. That's funny because Be- I also thought. Cal, Cal had a real oh, Cal Shelley made, Well, I think Cal had the more look and would have made more sense because it was her actual partner. Right. But like, there's a but. Uh, what's her fucking name? Ruthie is like into Fran as much as she like doesn't want to be. Whatever. She's like, there's a moment where she texts Fran mm-hmm. and she says, "Come find me. Come All find me. Come times. find me." Which reminded me of like all work, no play, oh, like absolutely. but like that would be like a Jack Nicholson, you know, yeah. Shelley Duvall type mm-hmm. bond. Yeah. I feel and again, like. it's the the come find me is like two minutes after we've heard her say, "Stay the fuck away from me." Yeah, which is yeah. yeah, yeah. I actually, so I wonder if this might be a segue into like some what the fuck moment Ooh, territory yeah. for me because I actually some of the flooding stuff <laughs> was kind of a what the fuck moment for sure. me. Drinking the the breast milk the, from from uh, the boob light from the boob light. I loved the visuals of the breast milk. I didn't even realize what I was looking at the first oh time I watched God. it, but I was like that fucking white liquid. Well, so I funny like, because like the shit. first time we actually see that stuff, it's um, is it by the radiator? it's Fran. It's Fran who is oh, like right. having her meltdown and yes. like, oh, we have to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Yes. And it looks like fucking cum. It does look like cum. Oh, it looks like cum. It's like by the radiator on the yeah, wall. Yeah, it's like by the radiator. Like, yeah, and yeah, my yeah. first reaction was like, oh my God, who came all over the fucking hallway? <laughs> <laughs> That's ghost jizz. <laughs> <laughs> ectoplasm. It's ectoplasm. <laughs> oh my God. 
uh, cute, call Dan Aykroyd. He's really interested. Right, right. Um, no, but I mean, the, the breast milk thing, like, that's the kind of, like... That's funny. That's the kind of overreachy shit that I actually mm. usually get into. Uh-huh. But because the movie was what it was all it the way leading it up to it, you. it just was like, this is fucking stupid. That's so like, funny. I did not <laughs> I did not get the jizz imagery. That's very funny. Like, my first thought when I saw it was, oh, they said there was flooding earlier. Does it have something to do with that? But then when it happens again to Ruthie, it's totally like, oh, this is like we're a mother's milk kind of yeah, situation. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. The boob light that she's drinking she's it. She's drinking it. You can she's like see her yeah, see like through wet, shirt, total like her wet breasts. t-shirt yeah, content. Like, yeah, oh yeah. my god. Uh, yeah. Okay, can I... Uh, I'm sorry, we're what the fuck momenting. Yes, I There are a few things that I think back up by way earlier when I was like, there are a couple of like women in horror kind of trope things that I think maybe they're touching on. And, and some of them I think are a reach and I only noticed it because of these couple of other moments. But like the, the fact that there's a swimming pool scene, there there's a scene where like... Uh, where Fran like undresses very slowly and the shot lingers on it for a really long time. Like there are a couple of moments like that mm. when I'm like, okay, are we like talk? But the, the thing that really got me, and I don't know if, if <laughs> YouTube picked up on this at all, is the the like reverse pillow fight toward the end of the. So when they find Brian's body, okay, and Ruth he's is just like, like in I a don't bunch know, of boxes, like, right? They're in the big store. It's like a yeah. ballroom, but it's yeah. just they're just storing hotel shit in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And Maddie tackles and then tries to subdue Ruthie right. into a giant pile of pillows and is like beating the shit out of her in this pile of pillows. And I don't know if this was a deliberate move or not, but it was making me laugh because I was like, how many slasher movies have we seen? Or like any like male gaze kind of movie. Where yeah. it's like, what what do a bunch of girls do when they're alone <laughs> together? Oh, they have a sexy pillow fight. Maybe some of them make out, too. And then, you know, optional, the killer comes. I did not catch that there were pillows in that scene. They, she pushes what? her down yeah. into this mountain of pillows oh, and shit. is, like, beating on her. Like, it's really yeah. aggressive. And I did enjoy that moment. <laughs> um, I'm hoping that that was a deliberate move to, ha- like, take this thing that would maybe happen to an exploitative you know, in an exploitative horror film and just turn it into this really violent... Because if if nothing else, one of the things that this... And that the director said she wanted to explore in this is, like, female rage. Right. And, mm-hmm. like, that... And, and to allow those kind of characters to enact violence. And that's the... That one moment made that at least enjoyable for me. I, I don't know if I thought it was... Like, s- smart, but I thought it was funny. <laughs> yeah. So. I think mine would be... I know. I know you guys are going to be like, really? The first time I watched it, it was the chainsaw mm-hmm. part at the end when she actually starts slashing them and there's, like, blood. And I was uh-huh. like, all right, yeah, here cool. we go. Because yeah. I, I... also did kind of wait, feel that way. I love gratuitous violence in horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, okay. So I, uh, I think that was my what the fuck moment because... I did not see a brutal murder happening at the very end with a chainsaw. Like, I just didn't see it. I mean, obviously, mm. when she has the chainsaw and she's chasing them. Right. I see right. it. But, but the, I just the didn't see it. The rest of the movie is not 
Not that. Yeah, it's not yeah. a. It's it's a lot of like ooh, kind of creepy, but not like super violent. No, it's not. It's, it's not very not, bloody. Yeah, yeah. And it's still even like it feels like the. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, it's, <laughs> no, it's not very say? bloody. And then that's that's the most we get. Yeah. It feels like the movie doesn't know what to do with a chainsaw. It's like yeah. it's a, it's a really awkward. You're like, let me show you what to do. Please, please <laughs> let, let me, me show you. Step because ha- Harry, a white man in his thirties, <laughs> right? right. Go, Step aside, little Allow lady. Me to show you what to do with a chainsaw, you. ladies. You're gonna, oh you're gonna, you're gonna. You're gonna. I'm trying to. What's a good portmanteau with uh, like chainsaw and mansplain, man chain man. <laughs> <laughs> it's I just I feel like the chainsaw murders are all really awkward. I think that they're really strange. They yeah. it's like he uh, she kind of tags the dude. What, what's the dude, the dude that the guy Brian. that Brian. Brian? But it doesn't matter. What's his fucking name? <laughs> she like tags him a couple of times. That's yeah. all we see of that, and then he's dead the next time we see him. I know. I was like, wait, so he died? Like they right? Don't... Yeah. And then she yeah. murders those those two other women in front of Ithaca Bakery. <laughs> Which is probably like the <laughs> third or fourth be- weirdest thing done in front of like a bakery, but like, <laughs> but like, but like, it's the weirdest chainsaw murder I've ever seen. It's yeah. like she's stabbing them. But I do but think with that, the like, chainsaw. you could argue, like, okay, when so, we chainsaw, we zhuzh. But right? we don't huh, women. We zhuzh. This is going to sound sexist coming out of my mouth. <laughs> I think you're uh, you're entitled. This is you can show her how you to can use say a that. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. you're allowed. Uh, <laughs> in society, women are not taught how to use chainsaws, so maybe the director was like, a woman wouldn't know how to how use, to use a chainsaw. Oh my god! Wow. <laughs> I am, that actually is no. That's way more sexist I than feel, anything Harry and I are saying. I take it back. Take it back. I, I, I'm, a, I'm offended. I know. I know there are many women out there who can use chainsaws. I'm not saying women can't use chainsaws. I say maybe the director thought that. Thorndike thinks women can. Shit! I'm canceled. All right, guys. Okay, that's it. Everyone's gonna listen to this episode and be like, "That fucking bitch." That's your cold open. <laughs> oh my god! Um, um, should we go through? Women also, wait. On that note, uh, because I'm already there. Should we talk about who's the hottest in the? In oh, the movie? we're definitely gonna do that. But wait, I have one more okay. what the fuck oh, yeah. moment. Okay, I'm okay. so sorry. I do no. too because okay, why, yeah. My what the fuck moment is after the awkward chainsaw tagging of poor Brian. Uh, our our CPAP masked murderer mm-hmm. then goes after. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling it right okay, here, Sam. You're making that movie. Oh, Pat you are face. the king. That was so good. Oh, Pat face, hot in that shit. <laughs> Trademark it. Then I don't Pat know. face. Pat face goes after. Uh, what's her name? Um. What's your name? Well, what's their name? Part of my oh, problem. What's okay, their name? I'm saved. What's I'm their saved. name? That, okay, that tops my sexist What, what is their name, though? What is their name? What's the character? Maddie? Name? Is that Maddie? Yeah. It's Maddie, yeah. So, so, oh, I thought you meant, like, what's their name? Like, all of them. No, 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 no. no, no. I, mean, I mean, I think that's that's how I felt for the first two-thirds of the movie the first time I watched it, but now I got it. Yeah, no, so that's my bad. It, what's their name? By their, I mean Maddie. Uh, and... Goes after them with a um, uh, a pizza cutter. Oh yeah! And oh what they, yeah! What they do is they 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 uh, she catches their hand in a 
in the door yeah. and then slices up her fucking arm yeah. with a pizza cutter to which Maddie responds like, eh, no big deal. Yeah, right? like she like, just got a fucking paper cut. Oh, like, are you kidding Matt- me? And then like furthermore proceeds to just like confront her. Maddie's, Maddie's pissed. Yeah. Like, yeah. Maddie's not dying. They're they're pissed, actually, and and rightfully so. I mean, I they're I like I've been pissed. DiGiorno before. Right? <laughs> like I know how this is, and they are also like just Maddie clearly has a thing for Cal the whole time, but also is is very correct about Ruthie the entire movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. That you couldn't I just my what the fuck moment is how nonchalant they are. Yeah, I think about that's that assault. <laughs> oh, when they're on the ground too, they're just like, oh no, yeah, <laughs> it's a mm-hmm. word. I um there was there's one other thing that that really caught me and that it it I got it the first time I was watching it about halfway through this movie I I the second time I was waiting for when it would be introduced this movie has like a theme a musical yeah. theme like Jaws or Halloween mm-hmm. and, and it's, it's the just in- bong right like it's no like a- it's <laughs> it's four notes it's boom 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 Boom, boom, and it. They introduce it about halfway through when Fran is telling them, "Please, we all need to leave. I need to save you, Ruthie." And then right. they decide to drop. And then it's the like creepy horror is coming theme for the rest of the movie, and it's it's so silly. Yeah, if you watch it again, listen for the. It's meant to be this like very uh, like creepy unsettling theme, but every mm-hmm. time once I noticed it, every time I heard it, it did it made me laugh. It, it it's really sounds like it's trying to be creepy, but it, it wasn't giving me like if it's Fantasia, it's trying to be Night on Bald Mountain, but mm-hmm. it's giving me the hippo and the tutu. <laughs> like it's just like really, really like pondering and and right. so, so that was uh, and I can't tell if it's like a synth or low brass or something, but that was another another moment where I was like, oh, this isn't maybe working for me yeah. the way that it's supposed to be working. Low brass, <laughs> like a tuba. All right, who's the hottest? You go first. <sighs> this is hard. It is, hot, it's a movie, it is hard. It's a movie of <laughs> hot people. <laughs> it is a movie of hot people. It's a movie it of is. hot people. It, honestly, I'm, so. I'm having trouble picking between a couple of them. Uh, I'm going to go with Molly Ringwald. She's I'm, hot. I'm, I'm with you. Mama I, knows what she wants. Yeah. No, I like I, she's, <laughs> there are a lot of hot people in the movie of all genders. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Molly Ringwald, man, like aged like a fine wine. Mm. I'm really, uh, she's, mm-hmm. she's, she was my favorite part of this movie for sure. I'm also going to go Molly Ringwald, yeah. but my runner up would be Cal. Yeah. Cal, yeah. No, no. Mm. Cal's really hot. So I would say those are the top two for me, but I wouldn't, yeah. it's, I'm not saying I wouldn't bang all of them. Just putting that out there. Clearly, all of them feel that way about each other, and that's a source of a great deal yeah. of conflict and in that's the film. Uh, reason I wouldn't bang all of them mm. if they were the characters in the movie, because that seems like a problem. Sure, mm-hmm. seems like a good way Too to end much up drama murdered with a chainsaw. Yeah, you don't want ch- you don't want I don't chainsaw want that. drama. I don't want that ending. <laughs> you don't want chainsaw drama. No chainsaw. Can drama. I? Uh, so uh, the thing that I wanted to say that I Ooh, discovered. Yes researching this movie was uh, that's right you have a quote yes I do filming took place in Ithaca New York Uh, Thorndike chose the specific hotel for filming as it quote was very unusual but still modern 
it felt like somebody had left it in the 90s during a prom or something. Uh-huh. And I said, like, wow, what a metaphor for Ithaca. Yeah. Like, just like, in general, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, when you said that, I was like, oh that, that sums up Ithaca. <laughs> the dream of the 90s is alive. It's alive, in, right. In Ithaca. Yeah, oh the, the Portland of the East. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I do have. I, I'm sensing that we're starting to, to wrap up. Yeah, I um, mean, unless you have a, a big I, things you want to say, I just I do have a pitch for a, a slight improvement on the ending. It was something that I think would have okay. Been. Okay. So after the climactic chainsaw murder in the parking lot with the lady with the stroller, she goes back in the hotel and she has a sequence where you see her mom as her Molly Ringwald as her actual mom. Right, right, right. And right. and uh Brian, the hot maintenance guy, is like shirtless <laughs> dancing to that generic rock song and whatever, and mommy's busy and whatever. I think missed opportunity. She opens the door instead of Brian the shirtless guy dancing in, next to uh Molly Ringwald. It's the man in the bear suit from The Shining. Totally yeah. missed opportunity. <laughs> well because that's missed opportunity. <laughs> Yes, I I agree. I, I mean that that was so obviously what they were going for there, right? Like like oh so God. obviously uh, that shot was just like I want to have that shot, but in this movie, yeah. like that's that's oh. where that was. And I say, get it, Molly Ringwald. You get it. Good for you. You get that man in the bear suit, Molly Ringwald. <laughs> you get your like generic maintenance guy. <laughs> he was younger. Yeah? Question mark. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and really into her. He seemed like he yeah. was really into. He was like tall, talk about how you like they don't understand her, they'll never understand her. He, yeah, he mm-hmm. seemed really into her. He wanted to bring her a plant. <laughs> poor, that poor succulent is really that's the the uncounted sixth death in the movie. <laughs> right, right. Is that succulent? Mm-hmm. It's really. I mean, I said I five women are murdered in this hotel and a succulent and a succulent. <laughs> <laughs> it's not hard to do. I've killed them. No. Name a plant. Not I probably people. killed it. Not oh, people. Yeah, Holy succulents. Shit. Holy shit. <laughs> this podcast is not admissible as evidence. Uh, <laughs> Let's just be clear. I meant the plant. Oh, this podcast God. just became Harry and Sam ruined someone's night. <laughs> AKA mine. Oh, no. And we'll phone oh Jen in from jail every now and then. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> All right. <laughs> On that note. Anyone have any more to say? Feeling uh, good? Thanks for having me. Oh, our yeah, pleasure, Sam. Thank so you, man. It was so much fun. I was Thank really you. excited to talk about this funny little movie with you it guys. It was very silly. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, My hell pleasure. yeah. Let's clink it. Clink it at clink the end. Clink it. Clink it to think it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>